this episode, we are talking about the secret history. So if you have not read it, there are a lot of spoilers. So do not keep reading if you don't want to be very viciously spoiled. Alright, so if you have been a long-time listener to Buckets of Books, you would know that we talk about the secret history all the time, even if that's not what the episode about is about. So we recently learned that the 30th anniversary of the book is coming up this September, so we wanted to have a whole episode to talk about it to get some more topics off of our plate. Yeah, you know, we just... We get embarrassed for bringing up this book all the time, so we thought we would just embrace it. We're never going to run out of things to say about it. Neither of us has even read it that recently, um, but we figure we could delve into some of the finer points, and um, we do tend to talk about a lot of the same overarching ideas often, So, but there's still so much that we haven't talked about, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much for us to talk about. I think what we usually start with is, like, the how we feel about the first sentence, like, literally the first sentence, talking about the major plot point, which is Bunny's death. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I haven't read this in, like, over a year, but I still like that it starts off with that sentence just right away, because I feel like right away I already know about the characters, even if it's that one of them dies, it's just, like, I'm already in the middle of it, and I don't have to work up to it. Yeah. I We were talking about this recently when comparing it to everything I never told you, and how it sort of does the same thing, but somehow Jonatar is able to make us more engrossed in that beginning than I think Celeste Eng was. Um, and I'm not really sure how exactly she does that, Um Maybe it's just because that prologue is so beautiful, um, and maybe because Bunny is such an, you know, there's an allure of mystery there. Um, we don't really know if Bunny is a pet or a person, or so it creates still more mystery as opposed to just Lydia was already dead, you know, when we're just like, okay, who's Lydia? I know what this is getting me into. It actually hadn't occurred to me that he would be a pet, um, but now that you mentioned it, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I started reading it, or I wanted to read it way back when, because I had heard just, like, it was this beautiful world where it's, like, this mysterious college, and they're all classics majors learning ancient Greek, and it's, like, dark and romantic and everything, so I was really only reading it, like, for that aesthetic of it, and then that line and just, like, the rest of the first couple of chapters, like, made me want to keep reading it, but I think that because it's such a beautiful world, and, like, we talk about how much we like the worlds all the time, but, like, because it was such a beautiful world, and then there's this line that just, like, right away hits you, it was just, like, easier to keep reading as opposed to other books where I, like, have to work for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing is that it's a really high concept world. Like it would be easy to boil down this premise into one or two sentences for like a log line. Um, just to say kids kind of caught up in murder at an um, elite liberal arts school studying the classics. That's like a pretty punchy world building, but somehow it doesn't feel like super genre fiction. It doesn't feel like true crime, kind of that sort of world. It still feels very literary um you know just like very human even though it's like 
required a lot of imagination to world build here. Yeah. Um, related to, like, the world of it, how do you feel about the random Greek or Latin sentences that aren't translated? Like, it just Latin that no one understands. Um, I think that... I don't think that there was anything where it just felt completely off, like, completely mm-hmm. like you had no idea what it was saying. Um, where, you know... I don't think very many readers here um, can read Greek, but there's enough context or like enough of the general gist of what's going on that it doesn't, it didn't make me feel completely lost, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest like criticisms from my friends and just like the internet is that like it feels like you have to be really smart and like fancy to read it and like those quotes are just like Donna Tartt's way of being like oh I'm like smarter than you or this book is smarter than you but I think that it's just like the characters just feel so real and such a part of this world that like them quoting Latin that I don't understand and like I can guess just based on like the context clues but just overall just like adds to the overall story yeah I mean, I get that, but I kind of disagree because because our protagonist is an outsider, somebody coming from suburban California and who, like, desperately wants to be a part of this world and kind of assumes a false identity and able to, in order to fit in, I feel like that gives it a self-awareness. Um, so it's not just, oh, we're a group of snobs and, like, you, the reader, are stupid for not fitting in. It's like we're supposed to identify with Richard, I think, and feel kind of out of place, even though obviously Jonathan kind of had to be a bit of a genius to actually accomplish that. Um, But I didn't think it was, I think being a little bit alienated is sort of the intent. Yeah, I definitely think it's purposeful. I don't think it's like her saying you have to be a rich Greek major to read this. I think it's like very purposeful that she wants us to read it feeling like an outsider yeah she's really othering this group yeah um but at the same time we do really get the intimacy of the group um and you kind of figure the weird inter dynamics um and you can kind of understand what brought us to this horrific point but Mm -hmm. we're also we the reader are very outside of that I think yeah and like since we know from the beginning that bunny is going to die like from the minute like he starts talking for the first time we're already like oh no what's he doing wrong and so just like we feel like an outsider but we have this connection like we know that he's gonna die and so we're connected to Richard our our Richard yeah our narrator because he also knows that and so it's like this like little thing that makes us feel more powerful than the people in it just because we know that they're going to end up killing him it makes it very easy to have a moral superiority over the characters yeah and you know you're kind of judging them the whole time um did you feel like you could kind of i mean obviously not you know condoning murder but did you kind of feel like, okay, I kind of get why they did this? Or were you did you kind of maintain that judginess? I mean, it's extreme. Like, there are people who I really hate. Um, 
who are just as annoying and homophobic as Bunny, and obviously I don't kill them, but, like, for the book, because there is that whole, like, somehow it's a side plot where they're, like, trying to hypnotize themselves with this, like, Dionysus ritual, like, it fits with their characters, so I wasn't like, what is happening? But it is, like, thinking about it, an insane extreme to kill this friend. He's annoying, and, like, there are other reasons in the book why he they are threatened by him, but the killing him is an extreme from an outside point of view. Yeah. I think it was really interesting that what drove them to kill him wasn't even so much that he had dirt on them, but what pushed them over the edge was just, like, those little annoyances. Right, like yeah. Like him, um, you know, kind of dangling it over them or, you know being homophobic or anti-Catholic, like, those just stupid things are what really, like, made their emotions high enough to kill him. Yeah, and, like, the twins and Henry are, like, super rich and, like, geniuses, and so it just shows that, like, when this other super rich genius is being slightly annoying to them and, like, they feel threatened and just annoyed by this other genius, it's, like, they just can't handle it and have to get rid of him and then bring Richard into it yeah um you know we've talked a lot about structure um but we haven't really talked that much about character um I think overall these characters are really masterfully done Mm -hmm. um but I think Bunny is the best one um how there's such a mixture of like we the reader being annoyed by him and um You know, it just breaks my heart that he, like, eats this cake that somebody who's on, um, who's on a student budget puts in there. Like, those kinds of things would make me hate him in real life. But there are also all these endearing details, like how he, um, you know, he loves, like, big band music. Um, and so I think he was the best character, best written character of all of them. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on that and, like, which characters resonated with you and why. I mean, I haven't read it in too long. I'm definitely planning on rereading it soon. But I never, I think partially because I knew he was going to die from the beginning, I never really liked Bunny just because, like, I was like, oh, he's going to die. Something has to happen that he's done to deserve it. So every little annoying thing, I was like, oh, just adding up. Like, of course, Bunny said that. He's so terrible. He's Bunny. But I think that, like, the writing of his character is just more realistic compared to the others. Because, like, you don't think he belongs. He's this, like, annoying, sarcastic character with, like, these other Greek majors who are all super-duper smart. And it doesn't make sense why he's there. And then, like, he'll say something that's also super-duper smart. And you realize why. Which is why, like, he's such an interesting one to kill off. Because it's not like they're jealous of... Henry or they're jealous of Camilla or something they're like annoyed by Bunny yeah um though you know Bunny is really prominent our protagonist Richard is Henry is supposed to be a big looming figure but I think it's harder to have a read on the other three on the twins and Francis oh I literally Um, forgot Francis sorry I forgot Francis existed like completely forgot he existed francis yeah <laughs> yeah he, like i like him i think he's maybe the one i would like the most in real life 
Um, but it, it was kind of, the kind of romantic things were a little bit murky, like who Francis had feelings for, and they kind of threw in like an incest oh, thing at the yeah. end with the twins, which did feel a little bit too soapy for me rather than something that fit in that well. Yeah, I the romance of it is like, it would be the same book with or without it, I think. Um, like, Richard being in love with Camilla is such an obvious thing for him to do. It's like, reminds me of John Green books, um, just because, like, this misfit main male character in love with, like, this perfect genius girl, um, and just, like, from the very beginning, from the moment he sees her and she's just too perfect for him and like there's no way they can be together um but I feel like that was a lot of his character that he was in love with Camilla um but I don't think that was like the purpose of the story like that wasn't what I was focusing on or I was trying to ignore it when I was reading it yeah um it did feel like she could have been anybody he just wanted was so in love with the group and yeah um who he was when he was with them that I think it could have been any other woman in the world as long as she were the woman who was in that group um, right. but she was my least favorite really I, I thought that she um, I don't know had some some weird dynamics with everybody really and um, mm-hmm. you know wasn't that generous with anybody <laughs> I think she had, like, so much room to be such an interesting character, and then we really only see her, like, in relation to everyone else and not just on her own ever. Um, and she's the only female character in the entire book, I think, and so, like, there is so much space for her to be a more important character, and then she just kind of falls flat of my expectations for her. Yeah. I guess you're right, she is, except for the, like, other female college students who we're supposed to think are stupid. Um, But, like... I think that's probably, you know, this, like, group of male scholars that feels very Greek and especially, I think that mm -hmm. that's the reason why there's kind of, like, the twin incest thing, like, that was all very Greek, I guess, but... Yeah, she didn't feel as developed as the others. And um, John Green is kind of an interesting comparison. I obviously thought of Meredith from If We Were Villains. Yeah. Um, it's the same kind of thing, just like the loving from afar, a generic stereotype of a woman. Um, but it, it sort of works in both cases. I mean, I wish it were more developed, but in one it's, you know, just the the general female role and in the other is the like the Shakespearean archetype of a woman Mm -hmm. um it's sort of like playing on these stereotypes but I do wish um you know we got a better read on both of them yeah I, I just feel like there was no room in the book for her to be anyone other than like the beautiful twin there it just wasn't about her it was about the group and like Richard's desire to be a part of the group and then them eventually killing Bunny but like there wasn't she wasn't really she didn't exist anywhere outside of the group and so like even if there was even if she wanted to be a bigger character they're just like 
I don't know, she could be a really cool character, but it just wouldn't fit with the book. Like, her development would have to be in a completely different story. But I was actually flipping through If We Were Villains recently, um, and I was just, like, reminded again by how disappointing that was and how similar it was to The Secret History and just, like, how it read, like, fan fiction. Yeah. (laughs) For every positive thing that we say about The Secret History, there's, like, counter negative thing we say about if we were villains um yeah and I kind of thought that her romance with Henry was sort of slapdash too it's just Mm -hmm. like she obviously wasn't gonna have anything meaningful with Richard so it felt like she just got paired off with Henry right I mean like it would make sense you would expect her to be with Henry just because like they're the two perfect ones of the group um but it's also just, like, it doesn't make any sense because she has a no character. Like, her being with anyone romantically just wouldn't fit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and I've said this before, but I think that the end is a lot weaker than the beginning. Um, Henry shoots himself. Um, I've we've given so many spoilers for this book. I'll put a reminder of, there. You gotta accept that at this point. Um he shoots himself and it just kind of feels like an a big climactic end for the sake of an end and he says to camilla like i i love you or i'll always love you or something like that and i didn't really buy that like that kind of depth so that's part of what made the ending fall flat for me yeah i don't remember much of the ending i do remember that richard is like talking to the investigator or something or is that if we were villains it might be if we were villains (laughs) i can't remember Um, but in there's a lot more of that and if we were villains because he's in jail or incarcerated somehow um he took the fall and right i also didn't like that pardon me i didn't like that he took the fall in the end yeah, it also, that felt really easy. Um, yeah, and so the detective in The Secret History was also a factor, and I think he was talking to him at the end, too, but it wasn't um, the the big deal it was in a right. villains. Yeah. Yeah. The, I can't the, I even, like, you forgot the, the end as much because it really just wasn't as memorable as the beginning yeah um i remember kind of getting to the climax and they're in this this hotel room and right it's like yeah. oh wait is this ending like is this is this what's happening oh oh he just killed himself so i guess so it's also like it's so beautiful because they're at school learning greek together and then also like working up to the murder and then right before the murder they're like not at school anymore they're outside of school they're not like these mysterious boarding not boarding but they're not these mysterious college kids anymore they're like real people in the real world and it's just like a I don't know it's a different world when they're not in their world of the school yeah that's true and like really somebody had to die at the end yeah um, because you know they couldn't keep on the way they were at the beginning like something had to change and it's you know, it's really a Greek tragedy, um, and in a Greek tragedy, you know, most of the characters die at the end, so 
I, I get why she had to do that. It just felt, it didn't feel earned. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I do think that the book with all these flaws was just so beautiful to read and like just the writing and just everything about it was just like so like delicious in my brain (laughs) that like it was worth all of the everything else that I didn't like it's true um we would not be talking about this book so much (laughs) if we didn't love it um I really love the way it's written how it isn't just scene after scene how we kind of flow throughout the semester Mm -hmm. um and because Richard is looking back on things he can jump in with other memories Mm -hmm. um like he can say something like oh Bunny was pushing us over the edge and then give a few different examples as opposed to just dragging us through a bunch of scenes and that's something that um, I would like to learn how to do better in my own writing. I think I'm very scene focused and it would be mm-hmm. nice to be able to have more of a narrative flow that way. Yeah, definitely. I think that like, because the first sentence is Bunny being dead already, we're like kind of already in the future. And so it's everything else is like m- these memories. And even if they're not great memories, they have like this really nice quality like a memory throughout the rest of the book yeah i like it when richard you know time has passed his emotions have faded in a lot of ways and how he misses bunny like how he says something like oh if i could hear that that laugh again or um i still think of him when this happens or things like that so yeah i think that him looking back on it was necessary because of the way that she structured the prologue um, but it ended up working out in a beautiful way, and it didn't feel um, like she just did it because she had to. Yeah, definitely. Um, Anything else? Have we run out of points yet? <laughs> uh, I don't think we can ever run out of things to talk about. But I do think, to end on a good note, definitely, if you haven't already, read this book as soon as you can. Even though we just gave a bunch of spoilers, um, reread it if you've already read it, because one of my, and I think your favorite books that we've read. Yeah, it would, it would have to be top 10 or maybe even top five. Um, yeah, I can't imagine if you haven't read it yet that you would have stayed with us throughout all of this, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will continue to talk about it in our many literary discussions. Yeah.